Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you're taking time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope that Christ would be glorified and that you will be edified. If you're new to our podcast, I'd encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase. There you can find out more information about us. We have a statement of faith there, as well as links to our social media accounts. A way of uh, financially supporting us, if you would do that, that would be great. We always ask our listeners to pray for us, and there is a prayer request page there as well. Something I have not really advertised a lot or verbally said, if you've not been to the web page and you have submitted a question and we have received it, we will put it on the uh, web page as well that we're working on that, and there you can go to... Uh, the podcast index page and there you will find a list of questions that we've answered uh, in the past sometimes we get the same questions and we still try to answer them even a second or third time and this is what we're going to do today we've received uh, several questions our listening audience continues to grow in leaps and bounds and we thank God for that and his blessings for that and so if you have a question, you can submit it through our webpage to the Contact Us page. And we will do our very best to try to answer the question straight from the scriptures. And if we don't know the answer or we know how to go find it and research it out, you just have to give us a little time uh, to do that. And we do get questions from all around the world. And many of our listeners are outside the United States. And if... Uh, you've never been to a country outside the USA many folks have to go to an internet cafe where they pay so much an hour to to search the internet check email download podcast whatever it is that they do there and so it's not always convenient for these people uh, to do that many countries uh, the Christians are persecuted and we want you to know that we do pray each and every day for the church that is persecuted and for those who are seeking out the truth, uh, that God would help you and protect you in ways that only He knows how uh, to do. And today we're going to try to answer some of these questions that did come in through our webpage. And the first question is this, does the Bible speak against interracial marriage? Well, the short answer is no. No, it does not. But the Bible does lay out some guidelines for believers under the Old Covenant as well as the New Covenant and what God would expect in a marriage. And if you have a Bible, I would really encourage you to open it up and follow along. You can download uh, Bibles through your app store. Some of them, I mean, they're very cheap. You can download audio uh, Bibles as well. Uh, those cost a little more. Uh, if you live in the USA, I mean, Walmart sells them really cheap. And not, you can go back to the web page, and there you can click on the uh, the Daily Bible uh, verse link, and it will take you to a web page there where you can uh, follow along as well. And so we're going to start in Exodus chapter 34, Exodus 34, verse uh, 15 says, Do not make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, for when they prostitute themselves to their gods and sacrifice to them, they will invite you, and you will eat their sacrifices. 
And when you take some of their daughters as brides for your sons and their daughters will prostitute themselves to their God and the cause their son to do the same. And so there is somewhat of a warning here. Uh, well, I wouldn't call it an interracial marriage, but to be married outside of the Jewish faith. God uh, seems to kind of frown on that. And he kind of, he does. He doesn't kind of, he actually does uh, give the reasons why. Joshua chapter 3 verse 12, For if you turn away and cling to the rest of these nations that remain, remain among you, and you intermarry and associate with them, I mean, God goes on to warn and says, don't do that. And so, uh, Judges 3 verse 6 says, And they took the daughters of these people and married and gave their own daughters and sons to serve their gods. And so, uh, Again, God is explaining why he does not want uh, people under the Old Covenant to intermarry with people who were not of the Jewish faith. And that big reason was they don't worship the same God. And, and so if you uh, know people who, have, who are married uh, with different religious backgrounds and beliefs, uh, you might understand, hey, they're, they're really, they struggle. Uh, they might act like it's okay on the surface, but, you know, uh, what about the children that come along out of that marriage? How are they going to raise those children? In what religious environment uh, will they do that? And, of course, in the context, that would be true today. Intermarrying with people uh, with other religious beliefs could be really hard. Uh, marriage is already hard enough. If you're married, you understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, marriage is difficult at times. Uh, two people come in from different backgrounds, different education levels, different, maybe different career fields, whatever. And then you add in a, a different religion, uh, thinking and background. There's conflict. In, and there's nothing, again, in the New Testament. We're going to look at some New Testament scripture in here in just a moment. But there is, there's just enough struggles when you start intermeaning and intermarrying with different cultures, religions, and backgrounds. Skin colors has zero to do with it. I mean, absolutely nothing uh, to do with any of that. And God doesn't prohibit that. There is nowhere in the Bible where I can find uh, different races as far as skin color goes of intermarrying. Again, marriage is just, just very difficult. Uh, the divorce rate is super, super high especially in the United States. It is not uncommon to find multiple people who have been married five, six, seven times in some cases. But let's look here what the New Testament might have to say about this. And really, to find the New Testament marriage laws, you have to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I know there are a lot of people like to argue the New Testament started with Matthew chapter 1. Well, Technically, the, the New Testament covenant did not uh, start until really the day of Pentecost. And so, uh, there's this transition period, yes. Uh, does Jesus give commands and talk about a new covenant uh, relationship and what's expected? Uh, yes, he does. But the old law was nailed to the cross, and so... 
we need to try to understand that as much as we can. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8, I'm going to kind of skip around here a little bit in this chapter. But it says, to the unmarried and to the widows. Okay, that's some somebody unmarried. They've never, they're, they're divorced. They've undid their, their, uh, their marriage in widows. I would say that it is good for them to remain uh, single. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it is better to marry than burn with passion. So, if you're divorced, a widow, Paul is saying, look, uh, it's probably better to stay unmarried. And with the persecution of the church, that's probably why he is saying that. But he also says, if you have this sexual desire, this lust uh, burning with passion, uh, is the word that he uses, uh, it, go ahead and marry, because it's better to be married and take care of those than uh, to let those things go out of control. Down in verse 12, he says uh, that if a brother that would be another believer uh, has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. Okay, so if you we have to understand a little bit of the background, what's going on here. And in the Corinth church, a lot of these people are coming out of paganism where uh, they had more than one wife. Uh, they certainly did not believe in God. Uh, that They didn't believe in Jesus, didn't know who he was. And here comes Paul teaching and preaching the gospel. And part of these people, they heard it, they believed it, they were baptized. They, they became part of the saved body. But maybe their spouse did not. But they have agreed, you know, say, hey, uh, you can believe what you want. I'm going to believe what I want. Uh, they don't want to do away with the marriage. Maybe they really do love each other. And so Paul says there's no reason to divorce that uh, person. Stay married. And you may never know. Maybe you will convince your unbelieving spouse, you know, to come to the Lord. And that would really be... Uh, the, the purpose for all of that. And so, you know, again, he will go down and he will talk about widows and things being married, that they should only marry uh, within uh, the faith. Now, the apostle would also say uh, in verse 15, if the unbelieving one leaves, uh, let him leave. The brother or sister is not under any bondage in that marriage that is called to peace. So, in other words, uh, the believer shouldn't seek out a divorce. If the marriage is working, uh, they should work it out. They keep moving forward. But if the unbelieving one says, no, I don't want anything to do with it, and walks away, uh, Paul says, it's okay. Let that unbelieving person go. You're not under the bondage. You're not under the obligation of that marriage. But he says, you know, if you stay married with the unbeliever, how do you know whether you will save your wife or your husband? And so, uh, again, we need to understand uh, God really doesn't like the wars. I, I know it happens. God knows it happens. And, and so uh, Paul, again, is stressing the importance that marriage uh, needs to, to be really taken seriously. It's not just a, a stepping stone to a better life, greener grass, till somebody else uh, better comes along. 
and that's what we see a lot of and uh, that's really really sad and I think if we would teach our young Christians uh, before they're heading to the altar how serious marriage really is before God and once you bring children in to the marriage which happens then you have to raise these children together and it's very hard um, on families and I know lots of sad situations and it's sometimes there are things out of your control and you can only control yourself and so as a Christian that's what we need to try to do to control ourselves uh, if we're seeking out a spouse being equally yoked is very important when it comes to marriage and there is a verse that most people use it's second corinthians chapter 6 second corinthians chapter 6 verses 14 and 15 this is from the english standard version do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness what according has Christ with Baal or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever and so it's very important up front uh, that you are seeking out a spouse fine uh, find one that believes in Christ has the same belief system as you and I think it would go a lot further uh, down the long run to keeping your marriage together and having a uh, a very happy fulfilled marriage and that's something you know when you see people have been married 30 years 40 years you think wow that is uh, really something very nice uh, back to 1st Corinthians 7 verse 39 and this is from the NIV it says a woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives but if her husband dies she is free to marry anyone she wishes but notice this he must belong to the Lord so in other words evenly yoked this idea that your spouse uh, is a believer in Christ and that believes that God's word is the Bible and it's a hundred percent accurate and so on and so nothing wrong with interracial marriage at all uh, happened to be in one and so we uh, our biggest struggles I've noticed over the years usually comes down to a cultural difference how we were raised uh, our looks about family children whatnot and that's where our main struggle is it's not any struggle about love or trusting each other or whatnot and so uh, take serious prayer I don't care who you're wanting to marry I would put it to serious prayer and that other person needs to be in serious prayer is this the person that will be with me uh, forever on this earth will that person be faithful can I be faithful to that person will we grow closer to each other and to the Lord you know we really you really need God you need Christ in your marriage to make it work uh, and that's true with anything you got you need Christ in every situation of your life and you need to seriously pray uh, about any marriage uh, covenant relationship that you're beginning to take on and so I appreciate that question I don't know where it came from uh, where that person's from occasionally emails they do say most of the time they do 
And so, uh, anyway, if you have a question and would like it answered, again, I want to remind you to go to our webpage and submit that. Okay, our next question comes from John, and he asks, is it okay uh, for body piercing? Is it right in the Bible? Well, I, I can't say that the Bible completely condemns any or all piercings of the flesh. Uh, if it did, perhaps then we couldn't get uh, medical shots or transfusions. But the Bible does talk about tattoos. And we're not really supposed to do that. Uh, I, I know many people have been tattooed. And honestly, some people have been forced to be tattooed. And so we need to be very careful how quickly we judge and condemn people because they have a, a tattoo. We're really not supposed to uh, abuse our bodies. We're, we're to use it to, uh, to glorify our body. Uh, we've all made mistakes. We've done stupid things when we were in the military or, or uh, before we became Christian. You know, I know it's very popular in our society now uh, to have multiple tattoos and body piercings. And so, I'm going to go over a few things here about that, and you'll have to make that decision yourself. And so, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 19. It says, Or do you not know that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Verse 20, for you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Now, somebody's going to say, well, I've got tattoos of crosses and Bible verses. I, again, you're going to have to make that personal uh, distinction. I think tattoos, uh, clothing, things that display immoral, lawlessness, uh, gangs, drug users, homosexuality, whatever, and you're a Christian and you're having that done, probably should rethink that. And so, again, I know some people have been forced to be tattooed for various reasons, and they're coming out of the, a background. Uh, you know, God forgives all of that, and we need to be careful uh, if we're going to condemn people uh, for that. God does uh, prohibit uh, cross-dressing. And so, uh, turn with me to... Deuteronomy uh, 22, starting with verse 5. A woman shall not wear man's clothing, nor shall a man put on woman's clothing. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. And so, we need to be proud of who we are. I mean, God has created us. Uh, we need to be proud that he's made us a man or a woman. Um, we need to be able to display that. Uh, manlyhood, feminine side, and I know it's not taught a lot in our culture anymore. But it's my convention, really, that the problem uh, with cross-dressing is not what clothing is worn, but rather why is the clothing being worn. What the, I think God here is condemning was the wearing of clothing of the opposite sex for the purpose of homosexuality. And the Bible's pretty clear. Speaking against homosexuality, uh, you can see that in Genesis chapter 18 and 
Genesis chapter 19, uh, Romans chapter 1 especially, and then, of course, back in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. We've been in Corinthians a lot in this podcast, but uh, we need to understand uh, what's the purpose behind everything. Is it to glorify God, uh, or is it to glorify me or my sinful uh, lifestyle? Really, the purpose of clothing is to cover our nakedness, protect us from elements, uh, and to make a, distic- a distinction between, you know, the sexes. Uh, inner beauty is the most important uh, part, more so than outward appearance. And actually, First Peter chapter 3, you can read about that. Uh, Peter would discuss that as well. Uh, but like the book of a cover, how, how it appears on the outside very well could be what's going on on the inside. I certainly thank you for listening, uh, John. I hope that answers your question. Uh, Again, I don't know that it's wrong uh, for body piercings per se. I know a lot of people uh, pierce their ears, uh, their nose, whatever. Uh, A pierced ear also resembles uh, a sign that you are a slave. And again, you're going to find that in Exodus chapter 21 and the first six verses here. I'll read a few of them here. It says, But when you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall serve six years, and in the seventh year he shall go out free for nothing. In other words, he has his freedom. But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free, then his master shall bring him to God, and he shall bring him to the door, or the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awe, and he shall be his slave forever, forever. Excuse me. And in, in Deuteronomy 15, uh, 12 through 17, says your your brother or a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman is sold to you. You shall serve six years, and in the seventh year you shall let him go free. And when you let him go free from you, you shall not let him go empty-handed. You shall furnish him liberally with out of your flock, out of your threshing floor, and your wine press. And the Lord your God has blessed you, and you shall give him. You shall remember that you were once a slave in Egypt, and that the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore I command you this day, but if he says, I will not go out from you because he loves you and your household, since he is well off with you, you shall take an awe and put it through his ear, and he shall be your slave forever. So under the Old Testament or the Old Covenant, a pierced ear uh, was a sign of uh, a slavery. And you can see also where uh, a man would want to marry a woman. In Genesis chapter 45, verse 47, and he asked her and said, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of Nahor, the son whom Malachi bore to him. And I put the ring on her nose with the bracelets on her wrist. And so, now, I don't know, it doesn't say she already had piercing in her nose, uh, but somehow or another he did put a a ring in her nose. And so, this idea of body piercings uh, sometimes uh, could have meant slave, it could have meant somebody that you were going to marry. And so, there's different things that we have going on throughout the Old Testament, the different cultures and different beliefs, systems, that uh, did these type of things. And so, 
Uh, I think from a health perspective, you need to understand uh, how many different uh, blood-borne pathogens, uh, diseases that you can get from piercings, uh, the infections that you can get from tattoos and piercings as well, and to ex genuinely, I mean, expose your body willingly to those type of things, uh, I think you really ought to consider uh, that aspect as well, John. And so. Uh, hopefully, uh, you'll make the right decision, that you'll pray about it. Uh, again, I realize that some people already have done this to their bodies before coming to know Christ. That's fine. God loves you. I know a man who has an inner city ministry uh, who is just covered in tattoos, and he's able to reach more people with the inner city ministry than I would ever be able to. And so, God can use this all. Uh, despite of our background, despite of where we have been, and he can change our course and put us on the path where he wants us to be on and use those uh, benefits that we, experiences that we have from the past of our life to make a positive uh, impact for the kingdom of God. Well, I certainly hope this answers the questions that did come in. Uh, I realize we only covered two, but uh, if you have one, please go to our webpage and submit it, and we will do our best to answer it uh, correctly from the scriptures. Again, uh, you can contact us through our webpage. There is a special page there uh, that you can do that. I believe there's even now a little icon at the bottom you can click on that, and we will get that as well, and uh, we'll work on your question. We do get lots of positive feedback, lots of positive comments, and we are so thankful for that. And if you would like to uh, give us a positive comment or feedback, we certainly uh, appreciate that. It is a blessing to us. If you like this podcast and you're new to it, I'd encourage you to hit the like button and follow us. That way you get an alert uh, each time that we do release a podcast weekly. And... Please tell your friends and family about us. This is how we've grown so much, I think, is by just other listeners telling others. And we are, we are just honored and blessed to have the, really thousands now of people listening uh, all over the globe. Again, thank you for listening. May God bless you. And may He have the glory. Amen.